It's the planet's ultimate game. There may well be a storm brewing here tonight in many senses. What can happen today, we wonder. for another episode of Dissecting the Pitch here on Blaze Radio Online. Hello, everybody. I'm Gareth Kwok, and I'm alongside my co-hosts, Edwin Perez and Miller McKaney. And uh, gentlemen, we got another fun episode ahead. Got a lot of things to talk about, international break. Uh, We got UEFA Champions League group stage preview, what you guys are picking this week. But, uh, of course, the first question I got to ask you, gentlemen, how are you both doing? Excited for dissecting the Champions League show. It's truly my favorite show on the planet. Uh, just messing with you, Gareth. Uh, truly, it's 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 going to be an exciting episode. Uh, you truly got to love it. I mean, international break. I think is some of my answer, uh, favorite soccer because I think international soccer is what got me into the sport at first. I mean, everyone who loves clubs is going to um, hate on international break and because of the injuries and things like that. But it's truly the love, truly love it, and is exciting that we can talk about it in the show. So. I'm excited, but I'm more excited that Miller McKinney's wearing an FC Barcelona jersey, you know, making me feel out of home. Yeah, uh, definitely the best purchase I've had in a while. Not a big Barca guy, but I just figured, you know, Messi might be leaving soon. You got to capitalize on what you, you can get while you can get it. So, you know, we're here. We're doing good, Gareth. And uh, we need to talk to the person that writes your, writes your intros because they, they might need to make a little bit more money than we're giving them right now. Yeah, I know. If if only they could, if I could get a little bit more uh, cash out of that, I can make another run to the ATM, deposit that money in the bank. But but that that you know, we'll we'll get into that another time as uh, we dive in again. International break. We got. Uh, we're gonna be talking. We're gonna be naming our FIFA World Rankings, our top five updated, as well as Champions League round of sixteen predictions. Our Edwin segment, and uh, again here on BlazeRadioOnline.com. And uh, you can also find us on our Apple Podcasts and Spotify platforms. That's where we post weekly our longer one-hour episode format uh, episodes. And so um, make sure you tune into both. You can get the best of both worlds on live radio or on podcasts, wherever you need to go, uh, whenever. So uh, let's first get into the UEFA Nations League this weekend. And I'm going to start off with you both here with France and Portugal. They're have they have 10 points each in league a in group number two and uh so far there's been a lot of talk about these two might be some of the maybe the top two teams right now in the world of course france the the reigning world cup champion champions portugal though there's another team that has a lot of up and coming talent that's starting to come into fruition so what have you both seen? And uh, I'll let any one of you all take the lead, but what have you seen so far from them this weekend? And are these the two best teams right now in the world? And they're in the same group, as a matter of fact. I was handed the ball for the penalty, so I will go first. Um, I'm confident in the shot. No worry, Miller, I got you. So uh, when it comes to these teams, are they the top two? I would say they're easily top five, and it's debatable if they're top two. I don't think Portugal 
in my book are a top two team. I think they have the potential to be, but I think a lot of these players are still young. They still got to grow. I mean, if we have a Yao Felix who's going to be on an insane form and depends on how the season goes, and you have a Trincao right winger who's going to build and things like that, if they can build up and get on the right form, then that's when we're going to see that they are going to be a top three team, maybe top two. But I think, you know, the thing about international break that I think Miller can agree is it's who's on form. You know, a lot of these players are coming from the clubs and things like that. And the people, the players that are, are on form in the clubs are the people that are going to perform very well during the international break just because it's part of that season. So I think Portugal are performing well right now. They're doing well. And, you know, Ronaldo's going to do Ronaldo. He's good in the international break. But I think they're they're not there yet because um, – they're just missing a few pieces that need to grow a little bit, but France are a complete team. I mean, I don't know how people are betting against them. I mean, you saw, I don't, the Euro line, I think right now, if you're a better, I would put, I would bet on France a little bit because I think England's the favorite, which blows my mind a little bit. I think they're going to win it, but that blows my mind that they are the number one team in favorite with it. But uh, you can't discount teams like Brazil, the Belgium, the, those type of teams, even England when they're, are performing well they look like a very good team but things like that you can't discount that so i think it's very hard to say that they're top two but they would say top guaranteed top 10 maybe top five but that's that's the way i view those two teams for sure and i mean we'll get to england in a little bit um and how they're doing but i kind of want to reverberate some of the things that edwin said about france and portugal i think that obviously france right now is number one in the world for me if you can find a better team let me know um, because I just, from front to back, they're the most talented team. They're the, probably one of the deepest teams, in my opinion, as well, at every position. So, I don't know. It's, it's hard to really kind of say anything bad about France. The only thing I can say is when they did play Portugal on Sunday, um, the biggest thing was in that game, uh, you know, obviously before Ronaldo got announced that he got COVID and everything like that. I'll talk about that in a second, too. But the biggest thing in that game was what you heard one of the announcers say while the game was going on um, teams were both teams were kind of struggling to score goals and everything like that. They couldn't really find, um, you know, any mistakes or any big problems in either defenses. So I think that these teams are definitely top five, like you said, Edwin, but I, I don't know if they're one and two, I think they're one and three or four right now. Um, but the biggest thing about France that was said in the game was that, it looked like um, the manager, Didier Deschamps, was – and I know I said that wrong. I'm American. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, the biggest thing that I said is he, the manager is trying to find a spot on the field for Antoine Griezmann in these games because it's something that Barcelona has been struggling with as well, that, you know, Griezmann is such a talented player, it's hard to keep him off the field. But um, in, in today's kind of football, the way that it's being played – the formations that are getting more popular right now with the style of play, it's hard to find him a good position with so many talented players around him. And that's kind of a similar problem that Portugal is having with the players like Bernardo Silva and guys like that, that, you know, can kind of play on the wing, but they'd rather play in the middle behind the striker or, you know, they, they thrive it better in the middle of the field. So I, I think it's kind of interesting to see that, you know, these, these problems are also translating over to the international stage for some of these players. Um, but as far as Portugal goes, I don't want to say anything bad in the terms of, you know, Ronaldo got COVID and everything like that, but I kind of wish he would have gotten it a little bit sooner. And that, that might be something bad to say, but hear me out because Portugal is one of those teams that has a lot of young talent. 
Um, they're like one of the top nations in the world. So I want to see how this Portugal team can play without Ronaldo in the starting lineup, you know, in a competitive setting where they don't have to rely on him to score the goals. They've got a lot of guys that can play on the wing, a lot of the guys that can play up top that aren't getting consistent time every time an international break occurs. So I think that it would be really interesting to see what it's like without Ronaldo. So I, I think I wish that this international break was a little bit longer, extending the next week instead of getting Champions League right now because I think that that would be a really interesting team to watch. Um, but all, all in all, yeah, I think these are two of the top five teams in, in uh, international play right now. Now we're going to get into our, our rankings in just a bit. And you, you kind of mentioned that, you know, the, the Portugal, this, this team that who, who will be, be able to step in for him once he leaves. And you have guys like a, a Diogo Jota, who's, uh, who's, beca- who's starting to become, he, he plays that left wing spot. He's a, a fast, speedy winger. And so um, I believe he was a bit instrumental in, in not only with Liverpool so far, but he can make an impact uh, with, with Portugal as well. Uh, he scored two goals against Sweden uh, today, as a matter of fact. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they can, they can match up and, and Griezmann, Bernardo Silva, as you said, those guys that aren't don't necessarily have breakaway speed, but they're real creative, creative and, and, and crafty players. So, um, but let's move on to the Netherlands here, a team that has a lot of great talent, but yet in the in the two match days this um, this weekend and earlier this week, two draws for them, um, including a one-one draw against Italy uh, today. We're recording this on Wednesday, and so. Um, I'll start off with you, Mr. Perez here. We, you know, you got a team here with, with the Netherlands that has a lot of great talent with De Jong and Memphis Depay, Virgil van Dyke, but yet uh, they're kind of, they're kind of struggling a little bit here with the defensively, as far as Virgil, you know, he can't do everything. So what, 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 what is sort of the problem that you see and maybe how can they, how can they fix it? And they need the ball for the penalty again. Wow. There's a, tr- there's a lot of confidence in both of these guys to hand me the ball first. So appreciate it as Garrett Quag shakes his head for my comments. Uh, don't, don't take it too seriously. Don't take it. <laughs> hey, you know, I appreciate it. You know, you trust me with the penalty and I'll take it. You know, I'm Bruno Fernandez with that penalty shot. Uh, so when it comes to the Netherlands, as both the Man United and Wolverhampton fans shake their head in disapproval, but when it comes to the Netherlands, um, I think their biggest question mark is their defense. And that's very crazy to say with, with the defensive line of Virgil van Dijk and Ake and the ride and blend and thinking players like that, they, those people on paper should be really good as a defensive back um, as a defensive line, excuse me. But I think they just, that defensive line just hasn't been cohesive and defense. You have to have this cohesive. You need to know, uh, hey, when you push up, I'm going to be behind you, things like that. And I think that situation is where they're suffering right now, where you see Nathan Ake push it up and things like that. And Van Dyke's covering the wrong side in, in the sense where uh, he needs to cover behind Ake, but things like that, like those those simple things in defense make a huge difference. And I, th- I think that's where Netherlands are struggling because I think they have the this, this striking, uh, a good uh, attacking pair. I mean, yes, they're not, Griezmann they're not Mape I'm not I'm not claiming that but I think they do their job and they're one of the best in Europe for that duo and De Jong and Depay they got a, a what would be considered one of the best midfielders I'm not saying it is the best midfield but you have Van de Beek De Jong and Wingyanum who all perform at top levels for all their clubs so you look at both those who are performing very well there's only one more question mark left and that's that back line so I think that's where the issue lies I mean and, it, and it's crazy to, to think too because they play a five back 
um, defensive line, and yet they're still struggling. So maybe maybe that situation doesn't serve those guys uh, better. Because, I mean, I think in the Premier League, Van Dyke's used to that forward line and Nathan Hockey as well. But things like that, you know, where there, there's a struggle in changing formations. Because when you go play in your club in a different formation, you go play in your international team, that's going to also create struggle. So things like that is where Netherlands going to lie. And I think they're going to fix it. Obviously, Netherlands are a very good team that they're going to fix it. I think it's just going to take time. And you just got to remember, Komen just left. So they have a new manager in charge who's going to play uh, differently and want a different mindset. So things like that are going to take time to change. So, I mean, things like, uh, so I think that that's where the issues lies, but uh, I'm handing the ball over to Miller McKinney after that, uh, after my last missed penalty. So here you go, Miller. <laughs> Thanks for that one. I appreciate it. But uh, <laughs> um, there's, there's three things I want to say about the Netherlands and Edwin, you make a good point about the defense. I think that is one of the factors. Um, I think that that being said, uh, you mentioned the five in the back, and I think it's because the Netherlands are kind of struggling right now with four guys that they can comfortably set up in the back and say, okay, this is going to work as a four in the back formation. And I don't think that they, the thing is, I don't think they really have a lot of certainty about who would fit in at that left back spot. If it would be, you know, blend back there, who's a pretty slow guy, or there, there's some other guys that they could put back there. Um, I think the really big issue with it is last uh, last international break, the last winter uh, one that they had about nine or ten months ago, Netherlands was looking really good because they had uh, Dumfries playing right back and he was doing really well for them. And they were able to confidently say, OK, we can run four in the back and kind of take some losses on the left side. Uh, if everybody in the middle can just, you know, mark your man and make sure you're staying in the right place, we'll get the help from the right back as well on the back side. But now, you know, Dumfries hasn't been what he was he hasn't been around for all the international break games as well um so that's kind of left a little bit more question about the outsides of that defense and i think that this is kind of uh, my second point where this is the difference between top tier european nations in these international breaks is you know you have teams like france that are one of the teams that i mentioned that are really deep at every position so that way they have quality guys that can step in there and play whereas Netherlands got some quality guys in the middle of the field but their outside is lacking so you have players that are playing on the outside that they're rotating like Quincy Promes on the wing and um, there, there, there's some other guys out there that they're having trouble fitting into spots on the wing so I think that's their biggest problem right now is when you have no outside presence teams can kind of just overwhelm you from the outside in so I think that that kind of helps out to kind of give them a lot of questions and a lot of really insecurity with who they're going to play every single time. So I do think they're having an issue with that. Um, the biggest thing, however, I think is they have another guy that's kind of fitting into that role right now in Memphis Depay, who is a really good player, but when he goes to play for international, it's kind of hard with the style they're being forced to play with the players that they have, that he's not really fitting into the spots that he's wanting to, because he's having to play more of a traditional striker role rather than that center forward. So I think that they're having trouble scoring goals because of, you know, the inconsistency and in personnel that they're putting out on the wings as well with who he's working with, because that midfield, like you said, Edwin's pretty solid, but I just think that they're having a lot of inconsistencies right now with the players they are playing on the outsides. And that's definitely what's getting them in trouble. Well, they're in that league, a group one group with Poland, Italy, and Bosnia and Herzegovina yet only one win in, in four matches for them and they were not able to secure a win at all that so two draws against uh, 
They had a draw against Italy and as well as Bosnia-Herzegovina. Uh, so remains to be seen how the Netherlands, they can turn things around. I know they were, uh, I believe, in the Nations League final from last year against uh, Portugal, I want to say. So uh, they're trying to figure their issues out. And uh, that's the same with Harry Maguire and uh, England after a 1-0 loss uh, in the Nations League um, today. And so Harry Maguire, who's uh, had a pretty rough I guess week and a half, if you, if you want to put it uh, a six, one loss to Spurs in his last league match with Manchester United. And now in the, in the 31st minute here against Denmark, uh, he gets, he gets booked off. He gets sent off with the red card for a late challenge from behind. And so um, I'll start off with you Miller, but uh, Harry Maguire, he's a Manchester United center back and uh, in, in England and in Garrett Southgate, that manager does, I mean, how much, how much can you continue to maybe trust him uh, right now? I know he's in a bit of a slump, but can he work out of his way uh, from that slump? Uh, I think absolutely he can. I think the biggest thing about Harry Maguire is he's, he's a very like natural defender in the way that he plays. And that's the best compliment that you could give somebody that plays in a position like him. The only thing when I think it comes to defending is he has all the talent in the world, but he doesn't have a brain. So I think a lot of the time he makes really stupid errors in his positioning because he already makes questionable tackles. But usually like the one today that got him sent off was a yellow card, two yellow cards to get him booked for a red. But I, it wasn't necessarily a bad challenge, but he got kind of caught in a no man's land on transition. So that's kind of when you make the foul, they're going to call the yellow card no matter what for stopping the, stopping the attack. But I just think it's it's stupid things like that that kind of get him caught out and put him in bad situations to make it look worse than it is. And I think that's the difference between him and somebody like a Virgil van Dyke, who is another one of those players that's very naturally gifted, very naturally talented. But Virgil van Dyke always puts himself in the best situations to be able to defend the best that he can. Uh, and he doesn't give away sloppy fouls like that because of that positioning. So I, I think that it's one of those things that Gareth Southgate and uh, you know, some of the boys over in England are going to have to really look at and say, you know, we haven't really got a whole lot of really good talent at this position because, you know, you, you can play Kyle Walker in the back. Um, you can play some of these other guys in the back, but the, then you're turning to guys like John stones and these players that you just really don't want out there starting for your international team right now because they're just not playing good at all and they haven't been for the last couple of years so I think that's England's one really tough spot is center back um, and that's a really tough spot to you know have problems with but it's still coming home it is still coming home um, I think uh, just like the video Garrett Kwok uh, watched before we did dissecting the pitch, it's all about going back to the basics. You got to go back to the basics for Harry Maguire because I think in a situation with uh, Harry, he's the number one center back. Like Miller says, he is expected to control that defensive line. He's supposed to be the Virgil van Dyke, and he's not. You know, he's clearly not that level yet. And I think Man United uh, have found that out that he's, you know, he can slowly. Or, become that guy but he's not that guy yet and I think England has to rely on him so much that he I think he tries to do too much you know he tries to be that guy so I think for him it's it's realizing hey I just need to do my job but also help the others you know in that sense where I, I'm not the whole back line I gotta stick to what I can do and do it well and excel at that 
So I resume to, you know, those basics as Stevie Nicole said <laughs> in this situation. But um, I, you know, it, he's in a slump right now. But like I said, with the international break, it's it's getting on form at the right moment. And I think McGuire is going to pick up that form in, in, in the club that he can, you know, bring that to uh, uh, bring that to England when they need it. So I, I don't for England, I think it's more important what he does before the summer. You know, like, is he on form there? Because the euros he, they need that man to be on form for that situation so i think that's that's gonna be the big question mark i i, I do trust him you know I, I made the bold pick of england i'm still gonna stick to it this day because i think uh they just have so much talent that they need to win some some uh eventually something and i think that's more of a euros than a world cup any day so um i'm back to boys and i and i think harry mcguire will bounce back but we'll have to see in that next international window been a bit of a rough stretch for Maguire. And, uh, you know, this is a, it's going to be interesting to see. And I know I say that a lot, but I mean, this is a, a Manchester United team that's been down in the, in the table right now. And so they're, they're going to need that defensive help. And it really, they need him to, to step up in a big way and, and try and kind of reverse the, the course of the ship for him uh, as far as his performance. And so, um, but let's, that's enough talk from the UEFA Nations League. Let's move on to the Cumbable World Cup qualifiers. This, These are the qualifiers that Mr. Edwin Perez has said are the toughest World Cup qualifiers. Is that is that right? Am I saying, is that the statement that you... It's a fact. True? It's not a opinion. It is a straight fact, indeed. It's but a, uh, continue continue your introduction to yes, it. You know, I don't I, I don't want to ruin your introduction. We pay someone enough to do your introduction and transition, so I can't disrupt those. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that as my role as this host on this uh, on this uh, show. But yes, let's begin with uh, Brazil and Neymar Jr. and uh, a solid two games for Brazil so far in World Cup qualifying. Uh, already Neymar second now in Brazil's all-time goal scoring category with 64 goals. He's only behind Pele now. With uh, Pele has the all-time record of 77. So. Let's bring in our Brazil expert. And we have a lot of experts on this show, which I love. This is the beauty of this show. We have so many experts, so many uh, players who have great, uh, I mean, so many, um, you know, we, we have a panel of great expertise here. Edwin Perez here is going to detail it all down. So uh, Brazil, uh, you, you, we were talking a little bit about their 4-2 win over Peru and, uh, and then their win over, was it Bolivia? Is that right? Yeah, it is right. It was there. It was a. It was a nice, easy win over Bolivia. So, two games in. What is your takeaways from Brazil so far? Can I ask you something real quick before I do go? Uh, uh, yeah. What's your so question? So I think it was Doctor Edwin Perez who was the Barcelona <laughs> expert, Mister Edwin Perez, and when we were talking the other day. So, which Edwin Perez is going right now? Uh, this is. This is this is Edwin Perez. Uh, MA, he's got a master's. Oh, I got a master's now. Wow, I got yeah. a master's in South American football. I do, I do appreciate that. You know, yeah, I will well, take that. Take MA. what you can give, right? Exactly. Take I what studied, you get. I studied four years studying the World Cup qualifiers in South America, but um, uh, to uh, talk about it seriously, um, South America qualifiers are very difficult, and that's what I'm going to start off with in the sense that you travel to Bolivia at that altitude that they have. It's it's impossible. I mean, you, Messi was struggling out there that there was times where he was walking and like, he just says, I'm, I'm struggling. Like that's what he told the coach and things like that. It's so, so tough in South America's because easy games look hard. Cause I mean, 
a lot of those teams are talented. They're way talented than, you know, more talented than a lot of those mediocre to small teams in the other regions of the world. Because even a team like Peru will give you a hard time when they shouldn't, but they, they will because they know how to play you. And they and South American football is very different. It's physical and things like that. So that's why it's so tough. But um, to talk about Brazil, you know, before I talk about the rest of the qualifying table, um, it's, it's I think they're a top two team in my in my book just because, I mean, what Miller says about uh, France, it can be also said about Brazil, and maybe not in that same way because, I mean, I think the thing that preventing them from being number one in the sense is that they always fail when they get to that World Cup where they should be going further. I mean, they lost to Belgium, they lose to things that things like that. They haven't lived up and, and won those, you know. But I mean, let's look at it. They they won their most recent Copa America, so they're finding out ways to win those big situations. And I think that's something big. And Neymar, I think what Shite said the other day was true: is he's maturing as an international guy. He's realizing his his role. Not it's not necessarily go out there and score all the goals for the team. Sometimes it's assists, like in the first game. Why? Uh, why Neymar was so good in that first game is he had two assists. He was he was the facilitator, and that's what he needs to be sometimes. But sometimes they need to rely on him, and that's what the Peru game gives. So there, there's things where he needs to balance, and, you know, sometimes he needs to be that A guy, but sometimes he can take a step back and be like, okay, Coutinho, Richarlison, Firmino, Gabriel Jesus. You have so much talent. Sometimes you got to let them do their magic too because they're all talented players. That attacking group that they have is so good and they they don't even have Vinicius Jr. playing yet Rodrigo Gabriel Martinelli things like that and so when you when you're Neymar sometimes you got to take the step forward to be that captain but sometimes you step back and I think that's what he's figuring out and you know that hat trick he had the other day I think shows that he you know he he's not diving as much anymore I think the people are not talking about that people love to talk about oh he's a diver he's a diver yes he does that he has he still has those answers I'm not acting like he doesn't but he does at the right moments at the right times back then he one little contact he's down but now he's like if he's if it's in the box and it's a smart you know sometimes you got to play smart uh football you know that's realistic i mean man united does that at times too sorry to call out your boys a little bit but that sometimes they do that to get that goal he's, he knows how to figure how to get that goal so things like that are, are what makes him so talented and that brazil team is very good because they're in every position even Lodi from atletico madrid you know in, all, in those spots where there's question marks right now, they're starting to figure out who that is. Danilo is the biggest question mark in right back. But, I mean, this was not a fully healthy Brazil team, and they dominated this uh, qualifiers. But, you know, I don't want to talk too much about the South American qualifiers. You know, I might hand it off to Miller a little bit if he wants to talk about anyone. But I'm not going to pressure him because, you know, he's not he, he didn't get a Masters for four years. But before I do hand it off to you, uh, I do want to say Argentina, that Bolivia game, that 2-1 win, everyone's going to be like, wow, Messi only won 2-1 to Bolivia. You don't understand, like I said, that altitude and that, you know, playing at Bolivia, you, you're hoping for a draw realistically. If you're Brazil, I, when, when that game happens, when they have to go away at Bolivia, I'm hoping for a draw just because that's how hard it is. I mean, you after 20 minutes, it feels like you can't breathe anymore because it's, so, it's, it's insane, but – Things like that. And Colombia, I think, are, are getting back to the team that once once was deadly, once was a team that we used to talk about that can threaten, that can beat those big teams. Not They're not a top team, but they can threaten those top teams. So things like that are what I kind of saw in, in this. But I'll hand it off to you, Miller. I don't know what you want to say. You know, if you need any questions, I did master in it. So obviously I can use my four years of studying it. But, you know, hand it off to you. All right. I appreciate that, Edwin. I'll make sure to keep a tab open. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that, you know, some of the, the teams that you kind of talked about, uh, obviously this is a really, really hard World Cup qualifying. 
uh, just stage to play in, like you said. Um, that one team I do want to talk about is Colombia. Colombia have been playing pretty well lately. You know, James and Falcao are still those dudes, as they've shown this past, you know, weekend or so. But I, I think that it's really interesting um, to talk about maybe what's going to happen when those players are done. Uh, when their top goal scorer of all time in Falcao by at least 10 goals uh, is going to have an impact when he leaves. And James, who's been kind of the guy that's kind of carried this team on his shoulders for, you know, the past six years. So I, I really think that it's it's something that, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see how these teams go up and down uh, from competition to competition when they do get to play each other in a setting like this. And obviously, you know, there are some teams out there that, you know, Edwin mentioned, like the Perus and the Bolivias and, you know, the Chiles of the world. I mean, even, you know, Paraguay's up there uh, and fourth in the standings right now. So, like, you know, it's, it's a big competition for all of those teams and anybody can do however good they want. It's one of those things where it just those players coming off an of international break and things like that. It really just depends on who, like Edwin said, is kind of more in form and wants to go out there and get it more. Um, but Brazil specifically, I have a question for the master's owner of this, uh, of this podcast. Um, obviously, you know, Brazil have been playing really well and everything like that. Um, one big thing that Gareth introduced this topic with was, you know, Neymar is now second Brazil's all time goal scoring, uh, was 64 and Pele is the all time leader with 77. That's 13 goals. So I, I think that's, that's very eclipsable. I don't know if that's a word. We'll say that, but very eclipsical and, and doable for Neymar. I think he can definitely score 13 more goals in his time with Brazil um, if he really, really tries. But my question is, obviously, Neymar hasn't ever won. I mean, he's won the Champions League with Barca, but on, you know, on his own, he hasn't really fit the bill as much as, you know, people would have liked him to with PSG. They you know, they had a good shot at winning the Champions League this year. I think that maybe if they would have won this year, um, where does Neymar stack up as best Brazil player of all time? Cool. That's a that's a that's an interesting question that every every international break it gets asked, is Neymar gonna become the best? And I think it if he is gonna be the best Brazilian, he has to win a World Cup. I'm not saying it's a pressure of two or three, he's gotta get one. Because I think in Brazilian soccer, it's it's success. You know, that one of the clubs, you know, that as an international, you're the most successful, you know, group. Uh, you know, others are coming up, but you're the most in, uh, successful international team. And it's because you're winning those go, uh, international things. And, you know, Neymar's won a, um, a gold medal for Brazil. And that's, that's huge. I mean, it's not, again, I'm not saying it's a World Cup, but it's huge. Uh, he's won the Copa America, and now it's time to get that uh, World Cup. He gets that World Cup, we can have those discussions. You know, some obviously are going to lean to Pele and things like that. But statistically speaking, the way that he's playing and he can continue it and things like that, on paper, you would have to say he is the best. But as a, you know, I'm not Brazilian, but any Brazilian will tell you, if he doesn't win a World Cup, how are you going to consider him the best? You can't compare him to uh, Pele if he doesn't get that cup. So. It's all about success. You know, that's the one sad thing. That's the pressure thing. Like in Barcelona, you that club, you, you, if you want to be successful, you got to win things, you know, things like that. That's why last year was a failure because they didn't win that La Liga. They didn't win that. And that's the same situation with um, Brazil. And the same. They got to be successful. So I think he can be, he can be there, but I think he has to win that World Cup first. So that, 
that's what I would say as someone who studied this for four years. Well, uh, yeah, you can you can already kind of start the the timer for for Qatar 2022 for the next World Cup with the official start of World Cup qualifiers, and uh, we'll definitely be getting into when the, the the United States and when they they start that up, and uh, so that should be uh, something to look out for. So. That was uh, the international break. And now we're going to get into our FIFA world rankings. All right, gentlemen. Gonna, gonna Now I want you to pretend that you, Mr. McCaney, Mr. Perez, thank you for uh, all your work you've done in the soccer world. You have been selected to be on the committee to select the next, to select the top five teams of the FIFA world rankings. Did you like my little uh, invitation there? Kind of like my acting to, to pretend that I was out there. Did you like that? <laughs> it's it, I, I did my best with it all right but i'll give you i'll, I'll ramble a little bit to kind of give you some time to think about your top five teams but uh for those that are just tuning in and, and listening for the first time the top five teams from uh back in september this was back when the rankings were uh updated number one was belgium number two was france number three was brazil Number four was England, and then number five was Portugal. And then just for those, just to round out the top 10, six was Uruguay, seven was Spain, eight was Croatia, nine Argentina, and 10 Colombia. So we're just going to do the top five teams. I'll let you both, whoever wants to start first, just give your brief explanation of why they're one, two, three, four, and five. And so with the the world rankings going to be updated in about a week, I thought it'd be a great time to get your guys' takes. So who wants to go first? Who's going to release their top five first? Uh, actually, Miller, I think to make it more entertaining, you know, I'll go five, you go five, you go, you know, four, you know, we'll go back and forth, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to you know, talk it out, you know, see how okay. things are going. But before we do, you know, you're handing off me, me and Miller. Uh, Gareth, I'm going to have to ask you, you're top three right now. I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, the host has to be uncomfortable sometimes. So top three, Gareth Clock. Right now, right here, uh, before Top, you know, give oh. give time for me and Miller to study the list a little bit more. It 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 wouldn't be a DTP show without me being put on the spot, the host on this show. Um, so let's go with our number one team. I think I will go with France. I think that team from top top to bottom, the starting eleven is pretty uh pretty deep, very talented, and I think they really don't have a a, a weakness. And so I'm going to go with France at number one, number two. I've always, I think you guys know my, my love for Belgium and how much I think that team is really good. So I think that team could potentially, I think we'll stay at two for right now. And then number three, I'm going to go with Brazil. Brazil is a, is a good, good looking team with the, the attack options they have. Um, well, of course they, they got to hope that Allison will stay healthy, but I'm pending pending with all teams being healthy right now. I think Brazil will be, um, will be a really filthy team. If, um, you know, if Neymar continues to play that way, that offense, and they got, um, you know, a defense as well. So I'm, I'm going to say those are my three top three teams, but all right. That's enough talk for me. We gotta, we, go to go. Our, we gotta go to our experts here. <laughs> I'd have to put you on the spot, you know. I gotta gotta give Miller and I some time classic, to think about uh, it. Classic, uh, Miller, classic. Miller, I think we should do it like a snake draft where you know I'll say five and you'll say five, four, and then I'll say my four, three, and then you know, three, two. You you understand the situation. Yeah. But I'm gonna start off with the honorable mentions, actually. Um, you know, I gotta I gotta give them credit because I think they easily can crack the top five and maybe be the top five, but I don't think they are that yet. And 
as crazy as it is, I don't think Germany's a top five right now, but they could easily be with the talent that they have. I think they got to figure out, you know, things. They haven't been that same team after they won that World Cup, so they got to figure things out. But they're going to be one of those contenders for the Euros and things like that, so you really can't count them out. But I don't have them in my top five. And then I'm also going to give a shout-out to Colombia. Great team, playing very well. Uh, England, another team, got a lot of talent. They still need to figure things out. And Argentina. This is top actually, five, not top eight. Uh, no, I'm honorable mentions, <laughs> honorable mentions. Calm down, calm down there. We got, we got more show here, bud. I know. I said it quickly. <laughs> I said it quickly. That's why I just explained Germany a little bit. But number five, I'm going to go with Portugal. I went with Portugal just because I think that they're a great team, but I think there's still some players that need to grow. I think they're 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 figuring out their way, and I think one thing I do want to see Ronaldo do is in those big games, uh, show up more because I think when the international games, he's he's a big player in you know those early games, but then when the big moment happens, he doesn't show up, show up necessarily. And like in the Euro final when they won it, Ronaldo wasn't on the field, so things like that. So he's that's my number five. Okay. I'm not going to go honorable mentions. I think Edwin covered a, a bunch of those, so I, I don't think I, there's need to. So I'm going to go – do I go five and four, Edwin? Is that what we're doing, five and four? Okay, so I go five first. Um, my fifth team is actually going to be one of Edwin's honorable mentions. It's going to be Germany at five, and I'll tell you why. Um, simply because, as Edwin put it so elegantly, they have a lot of talent. Um, they're one of those teams that's always been there and he's right. They haven't been the same team since they lost, uh, you know, that, that long ago. But I, I think that the thing is with Germany is they're one of those teams that still have a lot of veteran talent. They have a lot of experienced players that have played in the starting 11 for a long time. And I think that that's kind of the segue to the new generation that's coming up. You know, some of the guys like, Sane and Nabry that have now been on the team for a couple of years you know they're really experienced guys now and they can kind of grow into some of the leadership positions as well Timo Werner absolutely unbelievable top five striker in the world for me right now um so I think that he's only going to continue to get better um and I think that it's it's one of those things where we're talking about the rankings now but the thing that they really matter for or is going to be the World Cup. You know, that's that's what it's going to really matter for at the end of the day. And I think by the time World Cup time rolls around in two years, you know, they're going to be that team that everybody kind of remembers what they who they are. They're coming to play, and, and they're not going to lose their group in no way, shape, or form. So they're, they're going to be one of those teams that's going to be really scared. Uh, a lot of teams are going to be really scared to play them. And I think by that time, they'll have most of their issues ironed out and they'll have guys that have been playing uh, with each other and together for a long time in two years from now. So I, I think that I'm going to go with their, them being my number five right now with the higher ceiling. And then uh, I guess now we're going to four, too. Wow, this is really this is really not what I was expecting to do the, uh, the snake draft, as you would call it. But, but uh, my number four is going to be Portugal. Edwin, I believe they were your number five. Um, and it's for all the reasons listed above. Cristiano Ronaldo still playing, still dominating. Um, you know, like we said, we there's all these guys that they have in attacking options that are really young and really talented and hopefully up next is in terms of the greats go. So I, I really think that this team uh, obviously has a couple of issues right now, but they're playing really well right now. And, I mean, they, they won a Euro in 2016. 
And, uh, you know, they, they've had some really good success in the recent years, and I think that they'll continue to carry that on. So I'm going to put them at my number four. And now it's time for me in the snake draft. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with my number four. Call me crazy. I know I probably get a little shtick for it, but I really do like this team. I like the talent that they have. They have younger talent, but I think they have a great coach uh, at the helm. They're figuring out those players that need to play. They did lose to Ukraine 1-0, but I think they still got a lot of talent on that field. They're, they're playing those uh, players that should be played and figuring things out. But I'm going to go with Spain, um, a team that used to be that number one spot for quite a while. They used to be the best team, but they've been on that decline. And I think because they haven't been playing the way Spanish football is played, it's kind of like the Barcelona, Real Madrid kind of uh, style of play. But Luis Enrique, the Barcelona coach, is, you know, He's coming in there. He's a winner for a reason, and he knows how to get the best out of his players, and I think that team is pretty solid. I mean, you have the hit at the back. He can be questionable at times, don't get me wrong. I know uh, Miller can t- speak about that more than I can, but I think they have a solid team. They have uh, Ramos, who can, you know, carry a team. They have Pau Torres, who's a very good center back, Greg on. They're playing Yansu Fati, who's that young guy who's going to be there for quite a while. Adame Traore, both those guys on both wings is going to be very deadly. So things like that is setting up Spain for a great future. So I really do like their talent. It's probably higher than they should be, but I'm going to put them at number four because uh, I just I think they deserve a shout. And I'm going to go to my number three spot. Excuse me. Uh, sorry, I wrote it down just so, you know, people don't think I, I'm saying it off what Miller says. But number three, I'm going to actually go with Belgium. I think the Belgium team has has a lot of talent. And I think um, a lot of people call it the golden era. You know, they're, they're in this golden era. And I think they are. And I think if, if they don't win this next World Cup, I think their gold, golden era is technically going to be over, you know. I think um, – I do I see them truly winning the World Cup and things like Euros? No. But I think they have such talent and they just play well to their style. They don't try to be someone else that they're not. But they do it well. You know, they do what they do very well. And, and, and that's stick to their way of 3-4-3, typically Lukaku, you know, things like that. You know, those type of players step up big for Belgium. So they're going to be my number three spot. Okay. Um, well, spoiler alert, I'm going to put one of the top picks considered by most at my number three. I'm going to put Brazil at my number three team right now. Um, we t- talked about them a lot. Uh, they, they're one of those teams that – is playing well right now. Like sometimes, you know, national teams, as we've talked about, have had trouble putting together, you know, their full 11 and being able to play the same guys with consistency and really getting guys to gel in the formations that they want. And I think that's something that Brazil's kind of had trouble with in the past few years, the past couple tournaments that they've played. But now they're playing really well. And I think it's because of the solidarity of guys like Richarlison, who's playing really well for his club right now. And, you know, he, he's been one of those guys that when Brazil's needed him to step in and play well, he's played well. Uh, Roberto Firmino as well has played pretty all right for Brazil. So I think that those guys being able to kind of help out at the uh, top striker position or the center forward position, whichever one it is that they play, I think that those guys have been able to step in and do a really nice job distributing for the other guys and being able to hold the ball up well. And they've been able to create more, which I think has been really interesting to watch. They're getting back to beautiful football the way that Brazil should be playing. So they're going to be my number three right now. And then going to number two, Edwin, this is going to kill you. I'm so sorry, but I got to go Belgium here. I think that the reasons listed above, Edwin kind of talked about it a little bit, but my main thing is, Edwin kind of mentioned it uh, earlier in the show when we talked about, you know, the past World Cup um, 
And I think that it's something that Brazil kind of have to get over that hump. You know, they, they did lose to Belgium in the last World Cup. And, and that's the thing is Belgium is a really well-polished team. They've been playing really well together for a span of years now. And they're one of those teams that hasn't really had a whole lot of issues. Uh, and they play a certain style every time. Uh, they like to play heavily attacking, and it's worked out for them a lot. And they've had guys like, you know, Edwin also mentioned Lukaku. Lukaku's been playing really well the past couple of years moving to Serie A. Uh, after his departure from United. And I think that that's helped him grow as a player and continue his career, be a pretty good striker. So I think that, you know, Belgium is one of those teams that, like we said, it's been a golden era, but they haven't really lost a whole lot of guys. They haven't really had a lot of guys come in or come out and had fluctuations in that lineup. So these guys have been able to play together for a really long time. And uh, I think that they're still one of those teams that necessarily like needs to be beaten for somebody to say that they're not up there. Uh, so I'm going to go with Belgium at two. And it's my turn. Uh, many people expect me to be biased with Brazil, but I'm going to put them at number two. I think they're figuring out, and I think they can be number one come World, World Cup time, but I think they need to, you know, they're still figuring some of the things out, like Danilo. I think situations like that are things that she did slowly figuring out, but they're playing Brazil, the Brazilian way. That's beautiful football where they do their da- their little dance, but they, they have their antics, you know, like, Neymar, you watch a Brazilian game, he will do a flick over someone just for the fun of it. I mean, that's the Brazilian style of play. They do their skills for the fun of it, and that's how they create some chances at times. It's so great to watch that kind of soccer, and they're doing that with players like Richarlison, Everton, Ribeiro from from, uh, Benfica, things like that. Those type of players are performing well in the national stage, so they're doing well for Brazil. So I think that's why they're they're number two. I truly, I truly, really – I, I have faith in this team. I think they can win the World Cup. If I were to bet someone today, I would put Brazil, but I am a little biased. But, that, you know, I have, to, I have to include my biases here and there. But uh, my number one team, I'm going to go Iran. I'm messing. I mean, I, I, I jokingly said that pre-show. Uh, you know, shout out to Iran. They had a great performance Or South Korea. Hungman Sun can lead the way. <laughs> oh, it's a good point. I mean, uh, all or nothing. Watch that. You know, he's a superstar. Another plug. <laughs> another plug. plug another plug. Uh, I'm trying to to get that Amazon money for us. <laughs> I'm asking. Uh, so number one, I think uh, we've, we've, I'm not going to explain it. I mean, we all touched on it. Basically I've, I, I've t- talked about it. Miller's talked about it. It's France. It's, it's, it's gotta be France. I like, like I said, I'm not going to go into it because we have a limited time, but France for the reasons that I've said, Miller said, and even Gareth said it put him number one. So that's my number one. Yeah, I mean, no arguments here. You, you really, there's nothing else that I think that we can really say right now. Uh, the, the only thing I want to say about France, we talked about them being really deep, is uh, that also means that they're younger guys. And me and Edwin, you know, we, we've kind of had our eye on this guy for a while. And Gareth's been introduced to him in the last couple of weeks. Eduardo Camavinga. Guys like these that are stepping up, that are kind of the next up, the guys that have real potential to, you know, be the best in the world at their positions. Guys that are linked to, you know, Real Madrid and all these top teams. Uh, Kamavinga is one of those guys and he's really young and they've got some really young players that can step up in there and, and do just about the same job that the, the seasoned veterans can. Um, so I think that it's, it's pretty interesting to be able to see flexibility like that in their team. And I think it also pushes guys like Mbappe, guys like Pogba and Conte that have been around the team for so long and have guaranteed a starter spot. I think it pushes them a little bit more to play harder to kind of keep their spot, um, you know, instead of saying, okay, let's hand it off to the young guys. So I think that that's keeping them really competitive in their own camp. And I think that 
um, for the next, you know, however many years to come, France is going to be set in one of these top three spots. Eduardo Kamavinga. I'm pretty sure I saw that name on and I'm with on Edwin's uh, career mode team. And so, uh, is that right? <laughs> of course. My, uh, I'm not going to talk about that team, but uh, I'm rebuilding them in the second season. And I'm telling you, my lineup's the best in the world. So, so I'll okay. do that next time. All right. All right. That's enough talk from you. But uh, thank you, gentlemen, for giving us uh, your top five teams in the world right now. And uh, I mean, look, Euros 2021, I mean, sooner rather than later, they're going to be, they're going to be coming up and we're going to be talking about that re- very soon. And so again, nothing better than seeing some competitive international soccer, but now we've talked about international for a little bit and uh, let's now get into the champions. Once again, um, the champions league uh, first match day beginning on Tuesday games uh, are already right around the corner. And so I know we had done a little preview of the last show. We went through kind of the groups and who we maybe thought are, were, um, were challenging groups, maybe teams that had it easy, but now gentlemen, I'm going to let you do some more predictions and let you pick the final two teams that of each group and who will make the round of 16. So this is for real now. Um, now that we, are literally a couple days away just from the start of the champions league competition as a whole. And we can now say, Hey, he thought he said this team was going to make it through, or he said that team was going to make it through. So there won't be any more uh, debates. All right. So gentlemen, I don't know if uh, you guys have it pulled up, but I'm going to go to the standings here and I'm going to pull up group a and uh, yes. uh, Edwin Perez has his hand raised. Can you make the predictions with us as well? Uh, I, I, you don't, you don't have to give me explanations. You know, you can let me and Miller go first, but we, I need to hear your predictions as well. Sure, you know? sure, sure. Yes, right. let's we'll, go. We'll do that. As we are uh, getting into the home stretch of this show, we're gonna try and keep this as uh, concise as possible. But all right, Group A, we got Atletico Madrid, Bayern Munich, Lokomotiv Moscow, uh, Moscow. I'm sorry, and uh, RB Salzburg. Which two are making it through? I want, I want to explain, like you said, we, we're short on time, so I'm just going to say the teams. We'll, we can explain that in a future episode when we talk about Champions League for the 12th time. Uh, two groups. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, the two teams I'm going to pick, Atletico Madrid and Bayern Munich. I mean, no arguments there. I mean, there's really nobody else in this group that you can seriously say with a straight face that they're going to make it through. So I think that it's got to be Bayern Atletico right now. Uh, psych, I'm going to pull the kitchen sink here and say RB Salzburg. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Bayern Munich 1, Atletico Madrid 2, uh, just like you, um, fellow gentlemen. Um, let's go to Group B. This one's a little bit more interesting. Munchen Gladbach, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, and Shakhtar. So uh, which, which two are advancing there? I'll let you go first, Miller, because I don't want to seem like you're repeating me. <laughs> okay, Real Madrid and Inter Milan, easy money. I agree. As much as FIFA 21 told me Gladbach's going to go to the final <laughs> Champions League, <laughs> in my career mode, I truly think it's Real Madrid and Inter Milan. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I guess, third, you know, third guess it? No, no, I don't know how you say it. I mean, I'll confirm it for a third time here. Real Madrid and Inter Milan, I think those two are going through. Uh, oh, boy, Group C. This one could be an interesting one other uh, besides the Manchester City, but it's Manchester City, Olympiacos, Marseille, and then Porto. This is harder. Um, I'm going to go Manchester City, and 
I'm gonna say Marseille. I do like Porto, and I do like the way they play. But I'm um, I'm I'm gonna go bold. All right, I'm gonna go bold. People are gonna be stunned in what I say. And again, you disagree with me, fair so. But I'm gonna go Marseille. I'm gonna trust that French kind of domination again. Mm, okay, word. I I think that's a little bit of what the kids would call a hot take nowadays. But uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Manchester City and Porto on this one, choosing the traditional two. I think that Porto's, you know, kind of that team that is one of those teams that could be a problem for some teams in Champions League, and they they really wanted a lot. I'm not saying Marseille and Olympiacos don't. I just don't know if Marseille has the European talent and the reach that Porto Porto do do. Yikes! Uh, to make it through <laughs> this group stage. And I'm going to second what Miller says. I'm going to go Manchester City and Porto. I'm sorry, uh, Evan Perez, but. Porto, they got that Champions League experience. They got that knockout stage experience, I think, that could really help them and prevail. So I think they've been there before. I'm going to say Man City, Porto. Let's go to Group D here. We got Ajax, Atlanta, Liverpool, and then uh, Midtjylland, if I'm saying that correctly. That's the second time. So who's advancing there? Let you go first, Miller. We'll switch off who goes first just to keep that going. Sounds good. Okay, I'll, I'll go Liverpool for sure. And then I think this is going to be kind of interesting because it'll be a similar situation to the last one where we're picking the other second spot. I'm going to go with Atalanta, actually, for the second spot. I think the Ajax is, you know, everybody kind of remembers their run a couple years back that they made. Um, Obviously, really good team, really good young talent. But right now, I don't think their senior squad is equipped to handle the way that Atalanta have been playing the past couple of seasons. I would have to agree. I, I was I thought I was going to be the only one who said Atlanta, but I really do like Devon Zapata. I, I think he's just a great striker, and a great striker can take you far, as we saw with Lewandowski. I mean, obviously that team is great, but a great striker will make all the difference who can score in, in that spot, and Devon can do that. Um, although I do like Ajax. Um, you know, I hope Garrett picks them, though. I mean, look, I want to I wanna be the guy that mixes it up, but, I mean, Atlanta, they've been – They've been playing real well to start off. They got the nine points already. Their form is very strong. And uh, so, again, another team that had a good Champions League run. They, they were able to kind of play out, build off of that in sort of the, the long version of Champions League since it, the coronavirus extended it. So I think they still have some of that uh, that can carry over for this year. So I'm going to say Liverpool and Atlanta as well. And uh, let's move on to Group E here. We got Chelsea, Krasnodar, Ren, and then Sevilla. I really want to go bold here. I really do. I in my in my heart, I want to say uh, I'm obviously going to say Chelsea. Uh, I really do want to say Renee. Renee's with the, my boy Kamavenga. You know, me and Miller supported so much. I really do want to <laughs> say, it. but one player like that, especially 17, can't yeah. carry. We saw that with the United States versus Trinidad Tobago. I'm always going to bring that up because it's one of my favorite moments, but I'm going to have to say Chelsea's a V. I really do want to say Kamavinga can pull through, but I don't think he can get as much, those points needed to move on. So Chelsea, Sevilla. I'm going to have to second that and go Chelsea and Sevilla as well. You know, I'm going to go bold. Eduardo Kamavinga, baby. Let's go, <laughs> okay. che- let's go Chelsea I and like that. Uh, a lot. Rene, Rene there. As uh, as well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go bold. Look, Sevilla, uh, another team that hey, they perform well. They perform very well in Europa League, and uh, and again on paper, that's the, that's probably that second team. But guess what? 
you got to have one team that, that does something that does something for a change. I'm going to go Renee or um, I'm not French. If I, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing it as Miller likes to say, I'm not French <laughs> um, group F here. We got Dortmund club Bruges, Lazio, and then Zenit. I think this one's going to be really interesting. Um, Gareth, you're usually the guy that makes the, the, the tough choices that every man can't. So I, I think that I want to shoulder your burden a little bit this time. I'm going to go with Dortmund and Zenit actually as my two teams Ooh. in this group. I think Lazio has been playing really well. Obviously they have guys on their team like Immobile and some really good Italian talent on that team. But I think it's one of those things where Lazio is going to be pressured to go for the top spot in that group and kind of contend with Dortmund a little bit. And I think they're going to lose sight uh, and lose motivation a little bit after they do lose to Dortmund because I think Dortmund's one of those teams that's just out of their league a little bit. So I think that um, after they do lose to Dortmund, I think that Zenit is one of those teams that's kind of an underdog that, you know, can play that role. So I think that, you know, there is a chance that they could be fighting for that second spot. And I, I think that that's going to be my second pick, actually. You know, each of us now have one bold pick, and I really do like that pick. Don't get me wrong. And I – Honestly, got to applaud Garrett Kwok a lot for that last pick in Groupie. I really wanted to do it, but I already had my bold pick before. I can't can't be going bold all the time. Although, when it comes around to 16, you better believe I'll be bold. Uh, but I'm going to pick Borussia Dortmund and Lazio. Um, I say for picks, I understand that. And, you know, like the reasons Miller says, they could be out, but I truly do like Lazio. And, I mean, they have the attackers that – can make a difference in those games. And I think they're going to be able to secure the points that they need. They're not going to wow you and everyone's going to say that's going to be a winner, but they're going to get the, enough points to move on. And then we saw in Champions League after that, you know, th- those teams can surprise you. So I think a positive team could be that. I'm going to agree with Mr. Perez here. Going to go with Bo- Dortmund and Lazio. I love Chiro Immobile and, and how he's just uh, one of the best strikers right now. And of course in Italy, potentially in the world as well. You can put them in that conversation. So I'm going to go with Dortmund and Lazio. All right, final two groups here as we start to get wrap up. We got one more segment after, but we got Group G and Group H. Group G, Barcelona, Dynamo, Kiev, Frank Varos, and Juventus. I'll go first, and I'm going to go bold. Not really. I'm, not, I'm going to go straight up. Get but bold here. in the sense that Barcelona are going to get the number one spot, and then Juventus, number two. So, I mean, that's technically bold. You know, when we see, I think Juventus should win the group in, in a sense. But me, Barcelona won, Juventus two. But I think those are the safe picks. Miller, I'm going to hand it off to you. I'm probably going to be the same thing. I'm going to spare the time and say that it's definitely the same thing. I'm going to spare the time as well and say the exact same thing. <laughs> Barcelona, <laughs> Juventus, sorry to all the Dynamo Kiev fans or the Ferenc Varos fans out there listening. Uh, all right, this one, though, Group H, Istanbul, uh, Manchester uh, United, um, PSG, RB Leipzig, this one. Now, this one might have you guys think a little bit. I mean... I've really just got to go for it, don't I? Uh, I, I I've got to pick PSG and Manchester United here. I've got I've got to back the boys to get the job done. It's really a hard one. I I know that a lot of people will be leaning Leipzig's way, the, the way that they've been playing the past two years. Um, but they have lost Timo Werner. They they still have Logan Paulson there as well. They they've still got some striker options up top. They've got Patrick Schick as well. So they, they've got a bunch of guys that could slot into that position, but. I don't know. I, I really like their team, but I have to back the boys here. I'm going United and PSG. 
player to the time. I'm going to go Istanbul, RB Leipzig. I'm just kidding. I'm going to go really quickly. Uh, PSG, Man United, I truly agree. I think Leipzig, um, they had Timo Warner for six games, and he was a main contributor. I think Leipzig did well last year because they made it at that stage, and then it was one is one late games at, at that point. So I think they can see that, but six games to get enough points to be PSG, Man United, I think it's a, a big tax to ask for them. Unfortunately, I'm going to be the one person that differs a little bit here. I'm going to go PSG and Leipzig here. You know how much I've uh, I've enjoyed watching Leipzig, and I've talked about them last in our last uh, semester. But I'm going to say, you said Poulsen. They got Sabitzer. They got Forsberg. They still have some of those guys. Yes, no Timo Warner, but I think that they can be able to fight off a, a United team that well their form doesn't look too good right now and so if, until i see anything else we'll we'll, we'll stick with leipzig right now uh, who are currently first in the bundesliga but um alrighty, those have been our predictions we've had some fifa world uh world rankings we've had some uefa champions league round of 16 predictions the first uh, match is beginning on tuesday those should be really really exciting let's see what some of the uh, more notable matches will be for Tuesday at noon. All games are on Tuesday. There are actually a couple of games at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard and then a couple of games at noon. But uh, PSG versus Manchester United on Tuesday, October 20th at noon. That should be a great one. Chelsea versus Sevilla as well. Lazio Dortmund as well on Tuesday. And then on the following Wednesday, um, we'll have Ajax Liverpool, Manchester City Porto, and uh, Bayern Atletico Madrid. Great games to open up the Champions League competition. And uh, all righty, for our last segment here, we're going to bring in our expert, Mr. Edwin Perez. And he's going to put on a, he puts on a lot of hats for this uh, show. <laughs> he puts on the, the doctor hat. He puts on the, the masters of a uh, master student hat. And now he's going to put on our, he's going to put on a fun hat, like a party hat, I guess. That, that indeed. So this is basically going to be for the radio listeners, because at this point we have overlapsed our time. So, uh, we are going to go into this segment. I'm going to do a two-parter, you know? We cut out the Miller segment because he did not want to make the pick. So I'm going to be your bets today. So that's going to be my first part of this, all right? No I, way. <laughs> I, I am under control here, you know? I'm going to do the picks for you guys. So I'm going to book some bold ones. Miller, Miller's, you know, Miller likes to make the smart picks, you know? I wouldn't bet the house on these picks, so I'm going to go bold. And, you know, if I'm going to do the middle segment, I go bold here. All right. So we're going to look, we look at this log. I'm going to look at Premier League specifically. We look at this lot of games. I am going to bet on Arsenal over Man City. That is, that is a interesting pick thinking that Man City should be able to bounce back. But I'm going to hope that this Man City form is not that good right now. I would put on Arsenal who's playing some fun soccer right now. So bet on Arsenal. All right, we, we got two more bold picks. I'm killing Miller as is. But we're going to have fun with it regardless. Um, Tottenham, West Ham, you can't – you always got to back the boys. You always got to put some money. So let's go. The, come on, you boys. West Ham continues their form. And I'm going to put, put your money on West Ham. So that's oh right. My that's God. right. People I can't say don't this. bet on your teams. I, bet I can't on your believe team. this. Bet on your teams. Ready? Last pick. Uh, again, these are bold picks. Again, Miller's some more uh, classified for these, but uh, they gave me the chance to talk, and I'm going to take it, you know? So uh, you're going to take your money. You're going to go to you're gonna go to the bank and say, 
give me all my money. Give me my mortgage. Give me everything. You're going to go. You're going to look at Traore. You're going to say, you're going to have a bad game. Well, you're not going to score because Calvin Phillips, come on, you Leeds. Leeds are going to win it. I'm going to bet on Leeds United. Again, no one sees it coming, but Marcel on that Leeds squad. 12 p.m. Monday on Peacock. Make sure you're watching. When you have your whole... Uh, your whole money saving on that game. Just, you know, you can thank me when Leeds pull it out. So that's the first part of my Edwin segment. I just thought, you know, uh, Miller always likes to do the smart picks and probably picks you should listen to, but I'm going to go bold with my picks. That's right. Uh, you know, another great game to look at, West Brom, Burnley, go the over and goals. That's right. I am going bold today. But uh, that that's it for that. You know, I, I think I'm killing Miller. So we got to actually go to my segment. You know, I can't take over his segment. And that's why I'm not I don't run that. But we're going to go. And uh, have you guys heard of a game called categories? So, you know, I, I, so. give, I give you a category, right? Let's say, for example, Premier League teams. And you're going to go back and forth and say how many of those Premier League teams you can name. And then, you know, like, let's say Miller says five. Gareth says, oh, I can actually name seven. Miller can go eight. Until one of you are like, mm, I don't think Miller can actually name 13 Premier League teams. So you call, call, call him out on his bluff. If Miller gets all those uh, teams right, I'll count them, he gets the point. If not, Gareth gets the point. So we're going to do that kind of style of game. That's uh, kind of a UK kind of game that I stole from the Sidemen. So shout out to Sidemen. Um, but my first category... And it's gonna be a uh I'm gonna do ten, so if you if you if you can name all ten, you know you can be bold, and I'm gonna let you do you. I'm gonna go off FIFA's list, FIFA's top ten player ratings. Of, I mean FIFA twenty one top ten player ratings. Can you name all ten in, in order? In order, like you know you you gotta name like you can't be one two three and then you get six, but you can name all the lists. You gotta get them in order. So. You got to get them in order. So how many can you name in order? So I'm going to let Miller, uh, you can start off low. You can say, you know, I only can name two and then you pass it on to Gareth, but I'm going to let you start it off. Okay. I'm going to start off say I can name four. Miller can, I mean, Gareth, can you top that? Is this, we're just naming, we're naming FIFA 21 random players. You mean? No, no. FIFA 21, like uh, the ratings, the top 10 players in oh, order. The top so 10. Like, yeah. So number one, I'll give it to you. Messi. And then after that, you got to name like the top 10, like in that list. So right okay, now, okay. Miller's think... saying he can get one, two, three, and four. So either you say five, you can call him out on his bluff, or you can even raise the number more. Well, I'm pretty sure he does know five, uh, four. So I'm guess I'm going to have to go five on this then. Okay. All right. I'll, uh, I guess I got to go six without the Annie. Oh, okay. Can you name seven? Gareth, are you going to call him out? On I'm calling this bluff. Okay, so that was six, correct? Yeah. Yep, so you got to name the top six in order. This is off FIFA. Again, some of them are similar innings, but I'm going off what FIFA says in their list. So do not come at me when they're this. Oh, they're this, They're both 91. No, I'm just going off what FIFA says on their list. So uh, okay. when you're ready. All right. Um, so obviously, we're going to go top two first, get them out of the way. We're going to go with Messi and Ronaldo as one and two. Mm-hmm. I'm going O block, hide for third. Keep going. You, okay, you, you can keep going. I'm going to go O block, De Bruyne. Okay. Both at a 91. And then I'm going to go Mbappe, 
No, no, no. I'm going to no. take it back. I'm going to okay. take it back. I'm going to take it back. Hold on. Give me some time to think. Give me some time to think here. This show's corrupt. Hold on. Give me some time to think. Okay. Bluff, bluff, bluff. I'm going to no. go. I'm going to go with Ter Stegen and Mbappe. No, I'm sloppy there. Garrett gets the points. Uh, Messi, oh. Ronaldo. I, I, I did give you some that are the same. I gave you De Bruyne. I gave, gave you Lewa, but it, it goes uh, Neymar oh, and Oblak. Oh. And Mappe is not even on the top. Uh, I forgot the top Lewandowski was a 91 too. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. I'm going to give Garrett the point. He wins that round. See, this is an interesting game, you know. It, it requires Cha-ching! So, Garrett, see, you get sometimes you want to go bold, but sometimes you got to hold it back. Right? I know. So, uh, I, again, it's it's going to start off easier in a sense and then get harder. So, just be aware right. when we go to the final rounds, don't get mad at me. Um, get, uh, I'm going to let you start off, Gareth, since you know most are off last time. Premier League teams. How many Premier League teams could you name? Um, let's start with 10. All right, 12. Oh, uh, um, let's go with uh, 14. All right, 16. <laughs> Thing is, I know Miller probably knows all these teams, so we're going to go. You know what? We're going to try and name all 20. Let's do it. <laughs> You're going to name all 20? <laughs> all 20 Premier League teams? Wow. Let's do it. Let's okay, do so it. I'll give it to you. So, Gareth, you have the point. You're winning 1-0. So, you got to name all 20 teams, and I, um, I'm going to keep track. So you All go. right, yeah. So, make sure I don't I don't repeat myself yeah, here. Yeah, I, I am going to write them down. So, if I might be a little behind, but you, you go when you're ready. All right, we got Arsenal. Yep. We got Burnley. Okay. We got uh, Chelsea. Okay. We got. Um, let's go with. Let's go with Spurs, I guess. Okay. Let's go with Manchester City. Okay. And Manchester United, so that's seven, right? Uh, Man United. Hold on, let me check for you right now. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, that's six. All right, let's go with uh, Wolves then. Yep. 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 Okay. Sheffield United. Yep. Uh, let's get uh, West Brom in there. Yes, sir. We'll go with uh, Newcastle after. Okay. How about let's let's throw in some. Let's throw in. Did I say uh, West Ham? West Ham. You have not said West Ham. I did not say West Ham. Yeah, that's what I thought. You're on 11, just for reference. Um, Everton. Okay, solid. Leeds. Great pick. Fulham. Oh, okay, you're going quick now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep sorry, going. sorry. No, keep going. No, no, you, you're on your pace. <laughs> How many are we at right now? 14. 14. 14. 14. Um... Oh, okay, now I, now I know which ones you're missing. I just had to look at the list. I, I assure you I'm not looking up on Google right now. No, I'm no. no. At, okay. I am looking up at the ceiling right now. Gareth, this got to be clockwork, brother. Come on. I know. <laughs> I know, brother. I know. This is this is rough. Liverpool, Liverpool. Oh, there we go. I was going to be shocked you never, if you didn't name that one. 
<laughs> that's that's 100% fair if I didn't get that one. Um uh, so because it's it's put on the spot. Sometimes you get the you get the you get some mind block here, you know. You do. I don't you, know. You, get need, you need five more teams, so if I counted correctly, which I think I have so far. I'm just double checking. Oh, okay. Yeah, you haven't sent that team for sure. Uh, do you want to give up? Or you want to keep going? I'm just checking right now. Let me go. Give me, give me thirty seconds here. Give me thirty seconds. Okay, I, is, I do have, I do have the rest of the team, so I do have it ready down. This is low key. This is a low key, a little bit embarrassing. Not gonna lie. I mean, you've you've named quite a lot. To be fair, you've named fifteen on top of your head. So, uh, man. We'll give you five more seconds to name the next one. If not, we're going to have to move on to the next round. Yeah, all right. Ah, I got the, I got close. You so know what, Edwin, just it. for fun, I know yeah. this is just going on Spotify, so I'll do all 20. I'll just rapid fire. All right, let's go. Oh, man. Let's go. I can, so I can earn my points. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. Go ahead. <laughs> but right. I have all the names written now. All right, here we go. I'm going to count them off on my fingers. Yeah, all right? yeah go ahead. All right, United, okay. City, Chelsea, yep. Liverpool, mm-hmm. Tottenham, mm-hmm. Arsenal, right? Yep. Traditional six. Now mm-hmm. we're going to go West Ham. Okay. We're going to go Wolves. Yep. We're going to go with Leeds. We're yep. going to go with Sheffield. Yep. We're going to go with – did I say West Ham already? Yeah, you did. So yeah. Okay. Then we're going to go Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. That's well, one he That's missed. the team I missed. We're going to go with Brighton. That's another one. We're going to go with Burnley. Yep. You did say that one. Yep. We're going to go with Aston Villa. Oh, yep. Mm. Just give me a reference. How many am I at right now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I believe 14 or 15. Sorry, Al, you're, you're a quick one, so. 14 or 15. Okay, word. Um, let me think of the other five really quickly. We're going to go with – man, I don't know if they're actually – yeah, they are. Uh, oh, well, are they or are they not? Oh, I don't know. That's the one team I don't remember if they're in or not. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to say that one. We'll save that until the end. Um, so other teams that – I've already said Everton, right? Um, yeah. man, this is actually harder than it seems. <laughs> actually, you never mind, you didn't say everything. Well, at least I, told, I didn't. Mark I, it. I was gonna say it's harder than it looks. So, Everton, I said Aston Villa, right? Yes, yep. you did. Okay, if you, so if you name, I think, one or two, I think one more, you beat Gareth. If I, my count is right right now, one, yeah. So, if you name one more, I'll give you the point just because you, you went for the challenge. So just because I went for the challenge. That's what yeah. we like it. Well, that's how we like around here. Um, the other team I'm going to go with Fulham for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've said that one yet. Oh, yeah, not. Um, did I say West Brom? Uh, according to my counts, let me see where they are in my board. Oh, uh, you have not. And then I'll go with Newcastle. There you go. That's another one you haven't said. 
And then I think there's uh, two more that you haven't said, at least in my account, because I count I, I give you the credit for the other ones. So there's two more. I there's two that I'm missing, huh? Um, I, I, you could have said one of the teams. You said you might have said it quickly, but I know the other one you haven't said. Man, that's tough. I don't actually know. What am I missing? In, according to my account, you could have said it, but you did not say Southampton. Oh, I didn't say Southampton, though. And I don't think you said Leicester City, if I'm not wrong. Oh, like, I didn't say that. so dumb of me. <laughs> yeah, okay, so yeah, those, those are the two teams you didn't say. But in, according to my account, you got the rest, if I'm not wrong. Uh, like, all right, Edwin. Looks like we have a one-and-one one tie here. Is this going to be the tiebreaker? Yeah, it will be the tiebreaker. Uh, it's hard. I had some others ready, but I'm going to – I'm going to make it really hard, actually. You know, I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to have oh boy. fun with it. I am. You know, I, I'll, I'll give you – if you can name the city, I'll give you the team. But I'm going to go USL championship teams. That is right. We're <laughs> local. There's one local team that's in the big uh, semifinal of the Western Conference. So, if you can't name the city, I'll give you the point. But if you get the full name, that will be even more impressive. But – I flat out don't know. I'm going to go two. Two teams. <laughs> yeah, I like it. All right, here we go. Two. That's probably the only two teams I know. I'll call it. Oh, you're going to call it on two. Let's yeah, go. All right. On two. We, got, we got the Phoenix Rising. <laughs> Big. Yep, one. And Sacramento Republic FC. Yeah! Oh, yeah, it's big. It's big. That's so tough. Could have said San Diego Loyal, the team that's been under a lot San of Diego. I don't even LA, know their other team. I don't even know the other teams. That LA Galaxy, um, uh, very quickly, Atlanta United 2, Austin Bold FC, Birmingham Legion, Charlton's Battery, Charlotte Independence, Colorado Springs Switchbacks, El Paso Locomotive, Hartford Athletic, Indy 11, LA Galaxy 2, Las Vegas Lights, uh, some I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that. Loon and something like that. Uh, United FC, Louisville uh, City FC, Memphis FC, the Miami FC, New New Mexico United, New York Red Bulls two, North Carolina FC, LKC Energy FC, uh, Orange County FC, Philadelphia Union, the Rising, uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds, Portland Timbers two, the Real Monarchs SC, Reno 1868. Real uh, Grande Valley FC, Sacramento Republic FC, St. Louis FC, San Antonio FC, San Diego Loyal FC, Sporting Kansas, Sporting Kansas City, uh, two ta- Tacoma <laughs> Defiance, the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and the FC Tulsa. That is your USL championship. Wow, um, that that made my head go in circles. So Gareth won. Gareth for bonus point, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna basically call you out if you don't know. I tweeted about a team. That uh, uh, Rising are gonna face. They are the number one seed, and that's what that's who Rising are gonna go travel and face this Saturday on the road. Who is that team? I'm gonna see if you've been paying attention to my tweets. They're the number one seed. I don't know, man. Miami or mm. no? Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. Mm. It is Reno, Reno, 1868 FC. So tune in Saturday. That's my plug. Uh, go watch on ESPN Plus. You can watch Rising take on uh, Reno, and that's the number one and two seed of the USL whole bracket. All righty. But you, Garrett got the win. You got to applaud him. He got the win. That's, Thank you. Thank you. It's a good, 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 good game, Mr. Miller. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the the handshake virtually here, um, <laughs> and then 
And that is going to do it for dissecting the pitch. I know that was a little bit of some bonus content for the podcast listeners out there. And so let's uh, get your guys' final thoughts before we wrap this thing up. Uh, you can go first, Miller. I am preparing my final thoughts. <laughs> giving me the ball for the penalty this time, yes, huh? Okay, yes, late in the game. We like that. But uh, I just want to say big week of soccer ahead of us, probably the biggest week we've had in a long, a long time. Uh, you know, with the Champions League integration into the normal league matches. So just make sure you're keeping up to date with all the games and don't miss anything that you shouldn't be missing and seeing on Twitter later. So just make sure that you're watching all the games for what they are and enjoy it. Uh, I got my doctorate. I've got my master's. I am Mr. Edwin Perez. I am working on passing the bar and getting my lawyer. Lawyer Edwin Perez may be coming out next week, so we will see. Uh, but other than that, watch Champions League, you know, go on go on betting websites and, you know, listen to our podcast and bet on who I say and you will make money. So that's my final thought. I cannot wait for the next episode <laughs> to just see all those, see, see his picks go 0 for 3. And uh, if you if you would like to sue us, sue this show for the financial losses that you, uh, you, you are totally, I can totally understand that. And so... Edwin Perez, be prepared for that. But that is going to do it for this episode of Dissecting the Pitch. Make sure you follow us on our social media at Dissect the Pitch. And uh, that is going to do it for us. For my partners, Miller McHaney and Edwin Perez, I'm Gareth Kwok signing off for Dissecting the Pitch. And uh, we will see you all next time.